Is your business stuck? Tired of leaving money on the table? Are you ready to take it to the next level? Join us as we dive deep into the small business secrets successful entrepreneurs are implementing to see massive results. This is the Business Growth Hacks Podcast, presented by Beefy Marketing. Here's your host, Andrew Brockenbush. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Today, it is a fun day in the office. We're having a good time. It is National Donut Day tomorrow, June 3rd, which tomorrow, June 3rd, might not be actually when you're listening to this podcast, but it doesn't matter. For us, tomorrow is National Donut Day, which means we're in the office doing some donut content because, you know, why not? Why not get an excuse for eating donuts, right? Well, it was so weird, too, because this morning on the way to work, I... I wanted donuts for some reason. Like, I just want donuts today, but I didn't stop. And I was thinking about leaving and going to get them. And then you walked in and we're like, it's donut day. We're doing content. And like, You're like, yes. <laughs> yeah. Can't, can't beat free donuts at the office. What a great day at work. Well, we have got a great episode in store for you guys. This is a, this is a, an interview I'm very excited about. Not only because this guy's name is Andrew and come on, only the best creators, the best marketers are named Andrew, but because he has an incredible story. He has incredible resources that he's going to offer you guys. Andrew Ryder believes that it, the traditional system taught on social media is backwards. Prioritizing rigid structures, templates, headlines, white files, all the things that you think might be the right thing. He is reimagining this. He's reimagining content creation to focus on the uniqueness of the business owners so they can create content their actual their audiences actually want to read. And uh, that's that's a big pain point for most businesses. So very excited about this. Andrew, welcome to the show, man. Hey, guys. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, for sure. So actually, people don't know this, but I like to put it out there. We're on round two of recording because, you know, technology, <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't want to work when you want it to work, but it's okay, man. That's what we just kind of roll with the punches. That's part of being an entrepreneur, part of being a business owner. Let's kick this thing off with an icebreaker. Let's kick it. Ice, icebreaker. What is a quote that you live by on a daily basis? Andrew, I'm going to let you kick it off. Yeah. I, you know, I, I love these quotes and I have a, a journal that I keep that has a bunch of them in there. But one that I keep going back to right now is from Derek Sivers, who he, he wrote in, I think it's in one of his books, but he says that if information was the key, we'd all be billionaires with six pack abs. And it's just, uh, you know, it's such a tongue in cheek, but also really hits you where it hurts in that <laughs> yeah. we have this tendency to seek out shiny objects and new tactics and the greatest new way of doing things or secrets and all of this stuff that at the end of the day, it doesn't really make a big difference in your bottom line, in your business. It takes up time. It takes up money. It's fun. It's sexy. It's new. But this quote just reminds me to keep coming back to the little things that I need to do every day to keep my business moving forward and to not get sidetracked on shiny objects. It really is a gut check because it's like, I do know all the information about having abs, yet I still have not mastered the tactic of getting said abs. So that's, that is a great quote. That is a great quote. John, what do you got, man? Man, I, I'm going to pull a weird one because I like Andrew, which is weird to say and not talk about you. <laughs> I, like Andrew, also have a journal where I do daily quotes, just something to get me through the day or kind of steer me on course. And last week, I picked a weird one. And it said, you're more likely to be killed by a cow than by a shark. 
And the reason why I wrote it down was kind of this whole, just because it's, if it's a possibility, it is a possibility for you. You know, it kind of one of those reach for the stars type quotes for me. But, you know, I thought it was a good one. It made me laugh the other day. And I didn't think I'd ever have to explain it to anybody. But here we are. Yeah, but here we here we are. are. I've so uh, like Andrew and John, (laughs) I also have a place that I keep quotes. I just don't have a journal. You know, I've got a a note on my phone, which is basically the same thing It's a modern day journal. journal. It's a digital journal where I keep a bunch of quotes. But the quote that I think is always like stuck with me. Well, there's a few. There's one that I have tattooed on my arm that says Uh failure paves the way for creativity. And I really have always liked that quote. I think if I'm not mistaken, it should be Albert Einstein, but I could be wrong. But that quote always stuck with me because I was just like, all the mistakes you make just lead to creative mishaps and, you know, more creative thinking. Like so many of the things that I've done wrong in my career have led to me having to reinvent what it is that I was trying to accomplish or how to get there. And so that one really has always stuck with me. The problem with this tattoo though, is it says failure raves the way for creativity because the P looks like an R. So (laughs) whether you want to rave or pave your way to creativity, it all stands the same. Man, Andrew, I'm really excited to talk to you because something that we have kind of as like a recurring theme, honestly, for the for my career running this agency, next year will be 10 years that I've done this is like this idea that we we need to put out content like every single week, every single day, like as much content, 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 content is king, blah, 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 right? But when it comes to actually like delivering on that and delivering on that way in a way that is like, I don't know, desirable that people actually want to consume and they actually want to engage in and listen to and read or watch if it's, you know, video content, it can be super challenging, right? To, to kind of constantly hit it out of the park every single time. And so what happens is you get kind of this mindset of like, I think you just kind of get stuck, right? It's like, what am I going to create next? Like, what, what am I going to do? And one of the conversations me and John had just yesterday was we would really, really like to start doing more of like a vlog for our agency. And it's like kind of like cliche. It's like every agency out there wants to document their way to like their first million dollars in revenue and all that crap. And for me, it's less about that. And it's less, it's more about providing transparency about who we are and like how we're like what our team is like our culture and what we're up to like not a bunch of forced fake content like look at me in my lambo like or my tesla like i don't have a tesla i can't afford the diesel that i put in my truck every day like that's the real the reality of my life yeah you know and so i want to document that journey but it's been overwhelming because i don't know where to start right like i still don't know how to 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 get started and create content that people actually want to watch and i think that you know, what you talk about and what you're an expert in, I think really should shed a lot of light on what we're trying to accomplish. So I think my first question for you is, why do you think that the traditional system of content creation is wrong? Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah. So before I do, you know, I just want to say that we've been on here between various recordings for about 20 minutes and I can already tell that you guys are a lot of fun. You, you <laughs> like to have fun with marketing. You're just, you know, you're out there, you're hanging out, you're doing what you love and having a great time doing it. So I, I, you know, I can already tell that if you were to take this same style with, you know, the rock and roll music in the intro and the sound effects and, and you know, put it into a vlog where you guys are just having fun. It's, it's donut day. It's whatever's going on in the office. You know, you're working hard, but you're having fun with it. I think that's, I think that's great. 
opportunity for you guys. And, and, you know, you guys are a lot more fun than a lot of people who are out there, you know, trying to do the same thing. So <laughs> I appreciate that. I appreciate that. That's reassuring. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Back to your question, if I can regroup here, which was about sort of the traditional social media sort of structured approach, content yeah. calendars. And on Monday, you're going to post value post tips, right? On Tuesday, it's going to be a client testimonial. Wednesday, back to value, right? Thursday is my story, that type of thing. It's very rigid. It's, you know, I've even gotten to the point where I've seen people on Instagram and I've looked, I can look at their content and I can see what courses they've taken based on what mm. templates they're using for their posts. And that's, <laughs> I mean, that's killer. Like you're dead in the water. If people can recognize that you're just copying someone else's verbiage, someone else's flow, someone else's just someone else's words. And I I really think that content, especially for a lot of the folks that I work with who are course creators or coaches, you know, info, info marketers, they're helping people solve a problem that they're passionate about, a problem that they've overcome personally. You ought to have more than enough things to say. And you ought to be able to get really passionate and really emotional and and really engaged with your audience. You shouldn't have to rely on crutches and, you know, what's working now type of type of stuff to just like check the box. Okay, I did a post today, you know, on to the next one. And there's this quote from Steve Jobs that I really like that really supports this and it's from an ad that Apple ran, I think in the early 90s where it's it's a pretty famous ad where he's talking about the rebels and the the visionaries misfits, and he's describing yeah. you have misfits and and he says the words that he says is the the round pegs in the square holes and that really stuck with me because a lot of a lot of systems for content creation or course creation or how to run an online business are trying to turn people into squares, trying to make them fit into the square holes so that, you know, everything in you, you do in your business can be systematized and automated and go through all these processes and it's business in a box and you don't have to do anything. You just pay me $2,000 to download all my templates and then you got a business, right? And, and that's sort of the entrepreneurial dream, I guess you would say for a lot of people who are trying to get started in business, but it's, it's not real. And I think that the reverse is actually true, that instead of trying to change the entrepreneur to fit the mold, you need to change the mold or change the system to fit the entrepreneur. That's one of the things that makes people entrepreneurs is they don't, the the like original or, or the like going to a job and doing just the standard thing every single day and just pressing a button, punch punching the clock doesn't sit well with you, right? So why are you going to leave your job and work hard on this business just so you can do the same thing that you were doing before? You know, it just, it, it doesn't make sense to me. We need to develop systems and tools that support the uniqueness of the entrepreneur, because at the end of the day, that's what makes your business unique. And that's what makes, that's what gives purpose to what you do and to why you do what you do. Mm. I feel like you're really casting a lot of light on I'd say the majority of agencies out there really in kind of how we operate. And I'd say that I'm, I'm okay to accept that challenge, right? Like I'm, I'm about that. I'm like, I'm ready to like make changes in my business to better people's brands, but I will kind of not say push back, but kind of just, we've coached our customers or our clients 
to, to try to create these editorial calendars and say like, Hey, Monday's this Wednesday's that like kind of what you're saying, like, does it necessarily work? And honestly, like when we talk about it like this, I'm like, well, well, duh, what you're saying is true. Like, it's not that I, you know, don't see the truth in it. It's more of a challenge of like, if I manage content another way, how can I systemize that for 10 clients, 15 clients that I'm trying to post content for Monday through Friday or Monday through Sunday or whatever. And so I think that not only myself as an agency owner, but I think other small businesses out there might want to know the same kind of question. Like, how do you approach it? You know, how do you approach it differently? You know, why, why don't count content calendars work? And I know you talk about, about this in your book, but for our audience who's not read it yet, you know, why, why is it that you don't believe content calendars truly work for most people? Yeah. So I, I think there's, there's maybe a distinction here that we can draw that you should probably do what do it in a way that works for you and then in a way that you're good at in a way that works to your strengths right so if you're managing multiple businesses you're you're an agency you're doing marketing for multiple different companies individuals small businesses whatever and you've got to keep track of a hundred different things it's probably i I don't think i'd be able to do that without having a system (laughs) with content calendar right but for for me and, and i mean especially for the people that i work with as coaches and as course creators, as creative entrepreneurs, I just try to get one idea per day and keep track of that. I'll sit down in the morning, I'll get a cup of coffee, sit down at my computer and think, you know, what do I want to write about today? And I'll open up my phone and I'll look at, I keep a a note in my phone with all of my content ideas and I'll just look at it and think, oh, you know, this, this is inspiring me today. This is what I'm going to write about that that's what works for me i think that the downside of relying too heavily on a calendar is that and i kind of alluded to this for but before but i didn't i guess didn't specifically say this but relying on someone else's content calendar or the the perfect ratio of this type of content to that type of content is where you get into a trap and this is where a lot of people find that they don't have they don't have anything to say because they already used all their best tips on Monday and they've already been through all, all their testimonials in the past month and they don't want to start reusing content but they can't fit into the calendar and so that rigidity causes writer's block it causes anxiety around what am i going to post whereas an open structure where the way I like to create content is story-based, storytelling. Each story has a moral that, that can be directly applied to whatever business lesson that I'm trying to teach. But it's not, it's not going to be, you know, here's five ways to get more Instagram engagement or here's 10 headlines that you can swipe. Sometimes it is more heavily tip-oriented, but a lot of times it's just, you know, I took my dog for a walk and something wild happened yesterday and it made me realize this lesson or it's something I'm reading about in a book. And and that story, that inspiration that comes from that story is then becomes the foundation for that piece of content that I'm creating. Absolutely. Yeah, no, that, yeah. and that, that totally makes sense. I, I think I think that's the differentiator. I think the clients that you are serving probably look a little bit different than the clients our agency serves. But I think that the advice that probably either one of us would give 
either one of our clients would be, if you have the power to do social media on your own, which is so funny, I'm saying this since we offer this as a service, but if you have the power to do it your own, on your own, absolutely do it. There's nothing more authentic and organic than you controlling your own narrative and you controlling your own voice. Typically, the people that find you know, us to be a good fit are people who are willing to contribute some content on a daily basis. And then we kind of control that more, the more scheduled content so that there is a level of consistency because brands get busy, businesses get busy and they don't have time to post something and they understand the importance and the relevancy of being present in these different social platforms. But I think we could both agree that the only way to stay truly true to yourself is to remain organic, to lose some of that level of rigidity. It's like having the bumpers on when you're when you're bowling. It's like you think it's going to help you stay straight, but it really just starts to kind of bounce you all around. It doesn't necessarily promise you a guaranteed straight down the center. So I really, I don't know, I really, I, I value what you're saying there because I think that we all struggle with it. We struggle with it as an agency trying to communicate that to clients, but then we also struggle with it as an agency doing it for ourselves and making sure that like it's not so, I don't know, so scheduled. Like it's just, yeah. you do, you start to, you start to see like, oh great, just another testimonial or another mm-hmm. whatever. It's like, where's the podcast came out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, cool. Like that's great. But like, where's just like the authenticity in that? So I, I really do like that. John, I think you had a question here that really kind of aligns with what he's talking about as well, right? Yeah, because I've been, so your ideas thing, I, I started that, I wanted 10 ideas a day, you know, that's that's what I set out to do. I'm going to come up with 10 ideas a day, so I always have an idea. That was too hard and put a lot of pressure on myself. So what I started doing is, at the end of podcast notes, like if it takes up three quarters of a page, that extra quarter of a page, it's for ideas. I write it off and I just write ideas. And if I can only think of one, I write it really, really big so it fills the whole area. But, you know, like just started writing down ideas, just random thoughts that I have. And I found gold in there that was like, oh, yes, I remember that from three days ago. And it's gold. And I would have not remembered it had I not just wrote it down. And we're big about writing it down because if you don't write it down, you don't have a plan. And so I, I like that you're coming with that. Is there any like content gathering suggestions that you want to share with us. Like I know I saw that you have an app and so I'm kind of curious about that as well, but just any kind of content gathering ideas that you have like that. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you bring up a couple good points in that you really, the purpose of the exercise, whether you can get one idea per day or 10 ideas per day or whatever you can do is to get in the habit of, sort of inventorying your day and just thinking about what happened today that I can talk about, you know, how can I turn going to the gym or a a podcast interviewer, or how can I turn anything that I did today into a piece of content, right? And this kind of goes back to the idea of if you guys are are starting to vlog for just the day-to-day, it's like, what happened today? You you record all this stuff, but what, what happened today that's interesting, that's entertaining that's going to be valuable to the audience watching it it's going to add you know help them run their businesses better than they are currently right so the 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 thing i would do is i would start out and take 10 or 15 minutes at the end of every day and and this sort of works two twofold in that you think you just think back to the beginning of the day and start going through step by step on what happened to you that day. And by doing that, just asking yourself the question, can I write about this? Is there a marketing lesson in here? Is there a business lesson? Is there some kind of life mindset, whatever, whatever type of lesson in there? 
by by doing that, you're going to train yourself to see ideas as they come up. So if you do that enough, you'll start to just notice that you're watching a show on Netflix and the the character says something and you're like, oh, that's a great idea for a piece of content, right? And then, as you also mentioned, you have to write it down because I, I can't tell you how many amazing ideas I've had, like unforgettable ideas that I didn't have to write down that I forgot because I didn't write them down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you got to always write those ideas down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When I first looked at your website for the first time and I saw, I was like, sign up for my newsletter. Where I'll send you like a daily piece of, you know, whatever is a creative advisor. It was like a daily newsletter. I was like, yeah. no way in hell. Like there's no way I could put out a creative piece of content every single day. And so I was really just like impressed by that. But I'm also kind of curious yeah. about the process in that. I mean, is does that just go hand in hand with what you're already doing? Like as a part of the end of your day and kind of when you wake up and sit down and have your cup of coffee? I mean, is that your newsletter that's going out every day? Yeah, yeah. So like we talked about, I'm generating all of these ideas for content that goes out in my newsletter. So let's just go, let's start with the daily email and then we'll go downstream from there. So the the daily newsletter feeds into these ideas that I'm having. I think long before I started my business, I always just saw these ideas. I, I think I have sort of an innate ability to see some of these ideas that, I don't know, I, I felt like other people weren't seeing or I felt like other people were struggled with this, but to me, it was always clear, you know, I could go watch Netflix and come up with 10 different ideas. And sometimes that's, uh, I have to hold myself back because I could write a email about a Netflix show almost every single day. And it's like, okay, well, let's cool it on the Netflix a little bit. You know, I do other things in my life. I promise. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. Try to keep them on their toes a little bit and not just do Netflix every day. So all of these ideas, you know, from inventory in my, my day, like I said, I'll write about things that my funny things that my dog does. I'll write about TV shows, write about whatever's going on in life. You know, a lot of times it's really a reflection of where I'm at mentally, what I'm struggling with, the the things that I'm you know figuring out, overcoming, learning, what I'm reading about. All that stuff has a huge influence on the content that I create, and and even too a lot with with like podcast interviews and conversations I have with other people. When I go back and look at the ones that I was doing a year ago. The, the ideas that I was talking about on those shows are very specific to what I was thinking about at the time and the, the content that I was consuming. You know, I think, I think a lot of people take for granted how much the content they consume impacts the way they think, the way they feel, and the content ultimately that they create. Yeah, I'm glad you went there. <laughs> yeah, me too, because we talked to somebody, what, uh, I'm trying to think of his name, uh, RP Fitness, I think his name is Nick Shaw, maybe? I could, yes. be, I could be wrong, but w one of the things we'd asked him was like, what is one thing you regret that you didn't do sooner? And he's like, just consuming content on a, on a regular daily basis, reading books, consuming educational information. And, you know, you, you always see these Instagram ads that are like the top entrepreneurs use this app to read the, full, you know, like a recap of a, every book, you know, I'm like, oh yeah, but it's so true. Like I can tell you that like early in my career, I was like, I considered myself a bit of a thought leader because I was consuming so much content. I was able to take that, you know, kind of filtrate it and then come up with my own thoughts from that. And then I'd go teach that or coach that and speak to that. And over the last, you know, the last 
three or two or three years, I'm so consumed in the work of what we've created and grown that I don't consume as much educational content. So I feel like I'm still talking about things I learned six years ago, seven years ago. And I'm like, man, like, I feel like, I feel like I'm kind of getting behind. Like I'm not where I should be. And like, I know I'm still smart, like, cause I'm doing it, I'm in it, but I feel like I'm not learning as much as I need to be, which is a, it's a kind of a, not a bad place to be, but it's not a great place to be either. Like you want to constantly be like sharpening your sword. Right. So that's kind of partially why I'm like, we need to be creating content every day. Cause there's like so much you can also learn from just doing as well. Right. Versus like talking about it. We've talked about blogging for vlogging forever. It's like, just do it already. You know? Yeah, for sure. And it's, um, you know, the, yeah, the more you do it, the, the better you get. And writing especially is just thinking on paper. Yeah. So, you know, this is what I was alluding to earlier a moment, a minute ago was that all of this daily writing that I'm doing is it's cataloging my thoughts. It's cataloging my ideas. It's getting feedback from my audience on things that they like, things that they maybe don't, doesn't resonate with them. I write about things that I'm like, eh, you know, it's not my best work, but I think there's some value here and people love it. And I'm like, wow, okay, well, that's, that's, that's great. You know, surprising. Yeah. But I like to think about content like Legos. So when I was a kid, I grew up with the Star Wars prequels and my friends and I, we would we would listen to the episode one soundtrack and we would fly our Lego Star Wars machines around the basement and just, you know, our imaginations going wild, have a great time with it. And then we would take the Legos apart and we'd build something completely new, right? The story would evolve, the ships would blow up and we'd make new ships, new enemies and just continue to evolve that story. And, and my parents still have these giant tubs just full of Legos and some of our creations and just bricks everywhere, right? And I think about content in the same way because each each piece of content is an idea. It's memorialized in time from when you had that idea, what you were thinking about, what you were learning about, like we were just talking about, right? But it can be combined with other ideas. It can be mixed and matched and it can be assembled into new pieces of content. So I just finished, as an example of this, you know, I just finished writing a new book, it is, I don't know, not to brag, but this is like the most proud I've ever been of any professional work that I've done in my career. You know, I'm so excited about it. And it came from just, it started as an assembly of different thoughts and different ideas and different Lego bricks over the course of the last several years. And and I took some of my best ideas and, and took some old ideas and added to them with new information, new things that I've learned. And that became the basis for this book that I don't think I could have written it if I wasn't cataloging these ideas every single day for the last two and a half, three years. Mm-hmm. Man, that's so cool. And congratulations. I mean, like, I'm always talking about writing a book, but it's like, yeah, I can't even vlog yet. I need to work on that part before I try to, <laughs> try to say I'm going to write a book. It's such an accomplishment. I know how much work goes into that, you know. Are there, let me ask you this, are there days, because this is a fear that I have, and I think, you know, fears are okay as long as you don't let them overwhelm you, but one of the fears I have is that there are going to be days where I document or write something like you're doing every day, and it's going to just, it's either, either I'm trying to force it to have like a business tent on it, if that makes sense, like some type of business um, 
piece of wisdom or business advice when sometimes it's just going to be, I'm, I'm going to be forcing it. And I don't want to do that. Like I'd rather just tell a story than make it businessy. You know, are there days that you find yourself just creating content just to create content and just to share a story? Or do you always try to bring it back to like kind of what, what it is that you're teaching? I try to have a, a lesson in every, in every story, but it's not always business related. A lot of it is mindset. I talk a lot about health and fitness as well. You know, if you're going to be going to work every day, working really hard and trying to achieve something, you know, trying to achieve something great, trying to grow your business, you need to be in in good shape mentally. You, you can't be having blowout fights with your wife at home, or you can't be having all these issues that are distracting you. You can't be tired and hungover and just not functioning at a high level. Otherwise, it's it's just miserable mm-hmm. and you won't enjoy it. And it'll reflect in your content. It'll reflect in your work. And then your customers won't, won't like it. Your audience won't well, they'll be able to tell that you're burnt out. So, you know, a lot of that stuff, well, it doesn't directly apply to, you know, here's a way to increase your revenue or here's a way to get higher open rates on your emails. That stuff does really matter. And between, you know, I think a lot of people would say, like, have three different categories of things that you talk about, right? You talk about business, you talk about health and fitness, you talk about mindset or or whatever it is that you're interested in. Maybe you're in into you know sports of some kind or whatever, whatever you like to do. Mixing and matching those things, like a lot of that is still it's still valuable, especially for entrepreneurs because most entrepreneurs want to be better human beings. They want to have a better relationship. They want to have a better business. They want to do more, achieve more, and and they want to be they want to be happier. You know, being average is not good enough. Otherwise, you, you know, there's a lot easier ways to be average. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, Absolutely. yeah. To answer your to go back to your question, I think you know, to me, it's more important to make that touch point every day to interact with my audience to build the relationship with them. Because at the end of the day, everything comes down to the relationship you have with them. It's sort of a, I I believe it's a flawed strategy to go just with tactics and just with headline swipe files and just with the latest secret sauce for, for how to increase your open rates. At the end of the day, People are buying from you as a person. They're they're buying your methodology. They're subscribing to you. When I look at my email inbox, I look at the from line before I look at the subject line. You know, the from line is who is this person that's sending me this this information? Do I trust them? I've got a list of, you know, five or ten people who I just click through to select them all, delete, because I'm not interested in their content. I should probably unsubscribe, right? But it doesn't matter what subject line they send me. I'm not going to look at it, right? It could be the best subject line in the world, but I'm looking at content from people who I like to read. And so that being said, you don't want to waste people's time. You don't want to just regurgitate, you know, random thoughts that aren't valuable. So there's, you know, I suppose there's a little bit of a give and take. If you feel like you're going to be wasting someone's time, I, I definitely wouldn't be doing that just so that you can keep your streak alive. But there's more than just 
business tactics. You know, you can you can be pretty broad with it and still be valuable and entertaining to your audience. Yeah, no, I think that's great. I think the thing I thought about as you were talking there was like, my mom doesn't necessarily care what I call to talk to her about. She just wants to hear from me. You know, yeah. like, mo- like, you know, because my mom yeah, will give so me a hard yeah. time. She's like, son, like, you've not called me in over a week. Like, you don't care about me. And it's like, no, 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 that's not it. I've just been busy. It's like, naturally, I bet our customers feel the same way. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, because when you first start a relationship with off with a new customer, it's like every day it's high fives and we're talking a lot. We're interacting as we're building a project together. And then all of a sudden when that project's through, you start to slowly kind of drift away, even if they're on a, on a retainer or, or a support agreement with you or whatever it may be the touch points start to become fewer and fewer, right? Until there's a problem or there's a bigger pain point or you're asking for something from them or vice versa. So I think it's it's just like that whole mom thing. Like your customer just wants to hear from you. They want to know that they're, they're heard, they're, they're being thought about, you know? And I think that's what I took away from what you're saying is like, it's more important to just be front and center. It's important to build that relationship and to, to stay top of mind. So I, I really like that a lot. So kind of like we alluded to in the beginning of the episode, I think we're a relatively fun group of guys and our, our our entire team has a good time. We're eating donuts and stuff, which is not good for that whole health and fitness thing you were talking about. <laughs> but, you know, at the same time though, not every single day is like today. Not every single day is fun. There are days that we come in and it's it's boring. John might be in his room just editing all day. I might be in here like head down building a website or working on a, on a t-shirt order whatever it may be, there are days where like things are pretty like mundane and like work, like just work. We're just like in a grind. So how do you, how do you suggest getting out of that content creation rut when your days aren't very exciting? Like how do you make a mundane more exciting? And I'm really asking because when I'm thinking about vlogging, I'm like, what happens when there's not nothing going on? There's nothing going on in the office. What do I create on those days? So let's talk about that for a second. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think there's, this is the common misconception in sort of the storytelling guru world that every story you tell has to be, you know, you're on the beach in Thailand or you're, you know, like Ty Lopez with your cars yeah, in your garage exactly. and a bunch exactly. of babes in bikinis, like playing basketball. And that's, you know, the story itself doesn't have to be so exotic or so profound that it makes up for the fact that there isn't really any lesson in the story. You know, when you think about a lot of those exotic types of content, the lesson is, well, you should buy my program so you can become more like me, so you can make a whole bunch of money and and travel the world, right? But there's not really any lesson there. It's it's very shallow. What what I find is more important than having a super profound story is having a really profound moral of the story. So if you think about all those like Disney movies as a kid, you know, they would they would say specifically, they'd say the moral of the story is, and then they just tell you, right? Because when you're a kid, you don't, you're not yeah, able you're to, not I guess, draw those conclusions for yourself as easily. For adults and for, you know, whatever else, the moral isn't just going to say, hey, this is the moral of the story. But that's your opportunity. That's your chance to relate it back to something that's valuable, something that's that's useful for your for your audience, right? And you know, one of the one of the things that really stands out to me or a good example of this, I guess, Ryan Reynolds' movie Free Guy. I don't know if you guys have seen that, but it's, uh, uh, you know, he's a, he's a non-player character 
in a video game. And he goes through this whole, you know, adventure and he trains and he becomes a player and he takes control of his destiny, you know, and that's such an impactful moral because so many people feel like they're trapped in this routine where they get up and they go work their job at the bank and it gets robbed and somebody comes and punches them in the face, you know, and it feels like that. And they're trapped in this rut and they don't know what to do. And they want to know that there's hope that they can break out of that rut and they can do something meaningful. They can become that person that they dream of becoming, you know, and that, that movie has such an impactful moral that it's inspiring. Like it makes the, makes the movie that moral, right? When you compare that to another Reynolds film like uh, Six Underground, there wasn't really much of a point. And it it was it was an okay movie, right? But the difference in, you know, Six Underground is a bunch of fancy cars, you know, doing all these car chase scenes and things that are supposed to be, you know, that's what an action yeah, movie is about, tassel. right? It's yeah, the, exactly. Yeah. But at the end of the day, what resonates with people is the moral of the story, which is that lesson that really then inspires them to go do something about it in their life. Because like we talked about at the beginning, if information was the key, we'd all be billionaires with six-pack abs. You got to have that motivation, and that inspiration to get out there and do something about it. Mm. That's great, man. Uh, I, didn't, I don't, Honestly, I don't think I... I don't think I completely realized the power of that movie because i just watched it within the last few months and i yeah. was so like dry because it was such a odd at first i was like this is a really odd movie my girlfriend fell asleep she was like what am i what are we watching and mm-hmm. i was like so like engrossed in the storyline i was like why yeah. do i like this and i don't think I in the moment the i thought about why it over. <laughs> yeah like i don't know why I, like in the moment i didn't think about it but now that you're talking about it, it's exactly why i was like this you know this guy was living in a world where he was able to change like that's that's really that's really cool. You talk about something in your book that I think is really interesting that I don't completely understand per se. And I'd like maybe for you to explain to our audience, which is the paradox of attention. And could you talk to us a little bit about that? I mean, obviously we don't want to give all the book away, but like what is the paradox of attention? So yeah, attention is interesting because and this is especially true if you've if you've been in any um if you bought any like dating products or read any dating books or or any, it's really prevalent in the dating niche, which is like the more you pay attention to something, the more that it eludes you. The There's a line from The Game, which is a, a great book by Neil Strauss. It's all about his sort of his experience in the pickup world in Los Angeles. And he says, you know, I'm, I'm going to butcher the quote, but something to the extent of, you know, in order to truly get a woman, you have to be willing to let her go. And it's sort of that idea that the harder you pursue these things, the the more you go out on social media and just beat your chest and try to get people to pay attention to you, the more that you talk about how cool you are and how much people should be participating in your events or, or listening to your content, the more people are going to back away from you. You know, people distrust that type of over just chest banging. On the other hand, the more vulnerable you are and the more authentic you are, the more people are going to relate to that. So a, a good example of this is Superman. So when Superman comics came out, he was 
the perfect specimen of a human being. You know, he, he's not even a human, right? But he's invincible. He can fly. He shoots laser beams. He doesn't, uh, you know, he can't be hurt. He can't be challenged. No villain that they could imagine could ever touch him. And so the comic actually really struggled early on because there was no relatability. There was nothing about Superman that made the show interesting or, or made the comics interesting to read. So they invented kryptonite as a way to save Superman, not as a way to kill him, right? But his vulnerability is what makes him relatable. And the fact that he can actually be defeated or he can be you know, challenged by a villain in the show is what makes him human. Ultimately, you know, we, we don't trust people that seem perfect because we know as human beings that we're not perfect. No one else is perfect. And anyone who seems perfect is pretending to be perfect. And you don't want to be there to find out when you realize that it's all comes crashing down and, and they're not what they, they, they said they were right. So with, you know, with the paradox of attention is really that by overtly trying to pursue customers, by overtly trying to get people and control them and get them into your funnels and get them to do all this stuff is not as effective as inviting them to join in with you, to be authentic with them, to be honest with them, and to you know invite them to join in alongside you. Yeah. I wrote this down when you were talking earlier and said... Content creation should be original. You are original. Yeah. Is what I wrote down. And I think that really speaks to what you're saying right there. Like yeah. you yeah. being you, I even tell our some of our clients that are nervous about starting a podcast, allow yourself to be human. Allow yourself to be human. It's okay. Yeah. We we have to tell people all the time, you know, it's like don't take yourself so seriously. Yeah. Like be willing to have like a, a level There's of- There's a Ryan Reynolds you know, quote. Yeah, right? <laughs> like you just need to be vulnerable. Like I think people people are attracted to the, you know, transparencies and vulnerabilities because again, like you said, it allows people to relate. And I think that's so important. This is kind of a, a little bit sidetrack here, but like something that you wrote about on your blog, you wrote a blog post about the brilliant clarity of childhood dreams. What made you kind of look back at your childhood- to realize the dreams that you are working for and what you're looking to achieve, because that seems like a really interesting position. And I have kind of a note here. One of my copywriters that works with us, Rosie, she wrote in my notes for kind of today's outline. She said, I really recommend reading this. It is very eye opening." So, you know, clearly this, this one right here, like definitely hit a chord, you know, with our team. So kind of just curious about that. Okay. You're going to really test my knowledge of, of my blog posts here. That's right. So I'm going to go, where I think this is going, <laughs> and uh, you'll have to tell me if I'm if I'm off base. You know, as a kid, I was already telling you guys about this. You know, yeah, I like to play with Legos. Yeah, I was really into just building stuff. We did Lincoln Logs, and then we did Legos, and and I loved all of this building stuff and creating things. And I thought that the natural path for me then was to become an engineer because engineers build stuff, right? Engineers design things. I'm good at math, good at science. That was the logical conclusion. But the more that I thought about it and the more that I reflected on it and, and just because I always had 
this creative aspect that doesn't come out in the math class and in the science class and in the engineering calculations. I always had this creativity and just sort of a weird, maybe not weird, but unexplainable desire to express myself and to share ideas and to write and to do these things, these creative things that don't fit into the engineering box. You know, they're very much the opposite of that. And it's easy to take things that don't fit into your box and ignore them and and just focus on what does fit into the box. But that clarity of, because when you're a kid, you do what's fun. You don't care about what other people think. You don't care about what's going to make money. You don't care about all of this stuff. You just do what's fun and you do what you enjoy doing and what your friends enjoy doing. And that clarity of stripping away all the complexity of of life and responsibility and just thinking about like, what could I dedicate myself to? What could I enjoy doing for a lifetime? What's worth this investment of my time, my life? It, you know, was a, a shift in my mind away from engineering and towards more creative expression, you know, starting a business, helping people to really be authentic in their content and to share that voice that they have, you know, that may, they may be afraid to share or they might not have the words to share, but that, you know, this was a calling that I felt like this is something that I was avoiding by just putting all that stuff under the rug and ignoring it and focusing on what I knew how to do, which was math and science and, and ignoring the the scary unknown, but really the thing that when I look back on on my life, you know, that was the thing that brought me joy. Absolutely. You know, that's the thing I took away from that blog post is the fact that you talked about how, you know, exactly what you've already said. Like when you're a kid, you're just doing things purely for joy, for fun, like the things that you love to do. There is no boundaries. There are no necessary, necessary limitations. You're not thinking about what people think about you. Like you you don't care, right, as much. And you talked about in that blog, it can help you sometimes find your way in your adult life kind of yeah. back back to what fulfills you. Because I think a lot of times like in our adult journey, there's a lot of experiences that kind of create like some level of like jadedness or, you know, whatever, where we're kind of just like, oh, life's not fair and blah, blah, blah. And like, we think we have to take a certain path to to exceed a certain level of expectations, whether it be of ourself or from a family member or a friend, or or maybe you see your peers being successful in a, in a different way. And you think like, oh, well, he's making a six figure salary. Like, why am I not? Well, it's maybe it's because I'm not taking that path. I guess I should go on that path where sometimes like, you know, you have to decide what's most important to you. Like if finances is it, okay, cool. But like, if it's not like what truly fulfills you. And I think looking back at your childhood is great for that. I know John, he'll, he'll come in sometimes and talk about how his son just has such a huge imagination. And I remember whenever I was like that, I remember when this was bad, but I remember like, you know, high school and junior high when Jackass had just come out and it was so cool to like go buy a Sony handy cam and like just shoot oh, videos of everything, right? So like, cool. high, yeah, exactly. I ate, dude, at that time of my life, I didn't think about what we were going to shoot video and try to create a content calendar and try to figure out what people thought. I literally just pulled that camera out and just started shooting everything, anything and everything. And we just had a damn good time. Yeah. And so I'm actually going to kind of pull a quote from your your blog post where you put, if you're stuck pondering a big decision or wondering how to proceed, ask yourself, what would you have done as a kid? And that like really resonates. It's like, that's such a big 
Like, although that, that seems like such a simple thing, like it's so powerful because it's like, I would have just freaking done what I felt like was the right, like I would have just done what I was happy, you know, what made me happy back then. And now it's like, you look at, there's so many other deciding factors and it's like, man, just get back to what makes you happy and brings you joy. Man, this, this is, I feel like we could talk for hours. Obviously this, this is just a great conversation because I feel like it's stuff that we're obviously we're experiencing and we're passionate about just like you are. But we like to kind of wrap every episode up with like a business growth hack. So I'm going to let you leave us with some piece of wisdom, some golden nugget that you think our listeners, no matter where they're at in their journey can, can take and incorporate into their businesses. Yeah. You know, while we're on the, the topic of creating content and authenticity and vulnerability, I think the most important hack, and it's the least sexy, and everybody knows it, and yet so few people do it, is just to be consistent. If if you Preach. are, you know, de- <laughs> if you're <laughs> if you're going with daily then you got to get out there and do it daily if you're, you know, weekly blog post or it's three times a week, but just holding yourself accountable to the pact that you make to yourself. Because if it was a client and, you know, you told you told your client you're going to publish three times a week on social media, but then, you know, you're tired and so you skip a day and then you don't have any momentum and it's two weeks later and the client's calling you saying, hey, what, like, where's my social media content? You know, you're not going to do that because you respect the client. You, you know, they're paying you to do this work for them. You're going to get it done. So why don't you respect the commitment you make to yourself, right? Why don't you be consistent when you make that that pact with yourself to be consistent? I know it's not sexy it's just getting down in there and, and doing the work. It's good. It's good though. That's one of the best hacks we've had, I think. Cause it's so it's transcending so though. That's the part that sucks, right? It's like we talk <laughs> going back to the very I feel like everything's kind of going back to that quote you kicked things off with, right? Like if we just yeah. if if information was like truly the key, we'd all have six packs abs, you know? It's yeah. like it's it transcends in the sense of like fitness, it's the same way. Like we know what it takes to be healthy. We know what it takes to be in the best shape of our lives. We know what it takes to sleep better. We know what it takes to, you know, all these different things, but sometimes we just choose to not be consistent. And I, and there's probably a number of reasons and we probably should have a counselor or therapist or psycho psychologist on to talk to us about that piece. But, you know, I think that that's great wisdom. I think that, you know, we talk about that quite frequently. Consistency is key, but are we always being consistent? Absolutely not. Yeah, no, it's, it's tough. I mean, I don't want to come off like I'm perfect uh, over here. You know, I struggle with it too. And it's exactly that. You know, I just got to keep, keep telling myself. It's like I've getting, been getting back in the gym the last couple of months and it's slow and I'm out of shape and constantly trying to avoid that tendency to go look for the fastest way to, to get back into shape. And it's like, no, I, I know my program works. It just takes time. I just got to stick with it. And just keep getting in the gym every single day and, and just don't even think about it. Just go to the gym. <laughs> and, and honestly, if we look at business the way we look at like fitness, we'd probably realize that we know that, okay, three or four weeks, we start to create new habits and we start to lose weight. We start to see results. It's the same in business. 
Yeah, vlogging exactly seems overwhelming. It seems intimidating. It's a muscle that you haven't strengthened yet. It's weak. It's the first day back in the gym after a year of binge eating Whataburger if you're from Texas, right? Like <laughs> you've just, you've drinking every Dr. Pepper the planet has to offer. You've eaten every, every double cheeseburger. You've had celebrated donut day every day. And, <laughs> and then you go to the gym and it's going to be a challenge. So I think if you take that same advice and say, just be consistent, two, three weeks, four weeks in, when you start to see results, it's going to make it that much sweeter and that much easier to continue to show up the next day, day after day, because now you're starting to see the ROI. You're starting to see the return of the work that you've put in. Yeah, that momentum is huge for sure. Oh, dude, Andrew, this has been a freaking awesome. seriously one of the best podcast episodes we've had in a long time. I think it's just the right kind of content at the right time. Awesome. A great conversation. Dude, give us ways to support you. Tell our listeners, how can they support you? Where can they get the book? Tell us about the book, your website, all the things. Yeah, yeah. So, well, you know, thank you. I had a great time. So I'm I'm excited to, to be here. And yeah, I, uh, if you go over to my website, andrewbrider.com, you know, we've been talking about this daily email that I send out, you'll get that. But you'll also get access to a training that I put together that, that goes through, you know, we kind of jump around all over the place in these conversations. And so I put it together, basically A to Z, a framework for how you can be more consistent in your content creation and just to make your next idea better. You know, it's oftentimes it's so daunting to think like, oh, I've got to make seven pieces of content this week and they all have to be the best content I've ever created. Don't think about that. Just try to make, try to have one good idea. And just try to get something out there today. And so that's what I want to help you do if you join my email newsletter at andrewbrider.com. And then, yeah, I mentioned a, a new book that I'm writing. It's called Entrepreneurship Ruined My Life. And it's it's about the struggle to be enough, the struggle to do enough, and the constant anxiety that comes with always seeing other people who have more and who are better and more successful than you. And I think that it contains a lot of timeless wisdom about life in general, not just about business. And that's going to be coming out this summer. So if you're interested in checking that out, join my email newsletter and I'll have more news on that this summer. That sounds good, man. And you you already have one book out, right? Yeah, so I have an ebook called Contentious, and it's called that because the ideas in that book are very debatable, hotly debated in social media <laughs> realms. So <laughs> it's all of it's all of my content creation tactics and strategy that is like we've been talking about. It's goes contrary to a lot of the social media advice. All right. That's what we like. We like the, mm-hmm. the Rob yeah. Pegs of square holes, man. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. Awesome, man. Hey, thank you so much for spending <laughs> spending the time with us. And dude, I would love to have you back sometime when the new book yeah. drops. Maybe we'll get you back on. We yeah, can talk, yeah talk definitely. All about That'd book, be awesome. So. All right, guys. We'll see you next week. Next week. Thank you. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Business Growth Hacks podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast so you never miss an episode. To get more marketing tips and tricks, follow Beefy Marketing on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Beefy Marketing. And to take your business to the next level, check out our website at www.beefymarketing.com.